All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid on a Thursday morning, 9 o'clock uh, in Edmonton. Uh, text uh, really rolling in for Laddie. Hey, boys, I call the QE2 Fury Road. Uh, two warring populations at each end. That's, yeah. Um, a long, boring road with maniacs driving giant war rigs that will run you off the road and a fuel outpost in the middle. Every time I drive it, I feel like I'm riding into Valhalla, shiny and chrome. Um, <laughs> that comes from Dirty Dangler. You ever, when you're driving that, uh, Duke, can we uh, get laddies going here? Uh, every time you drive that, I mean, it's it's not to that extent, but yeah, it can get a little crazy. It, well, especially with wind, right? Like yeah. those, those big rigs, they... They tend to go lane to lane They're sometimes. Going it's, hard, yeah. it's scary, yeah. So uh, absolutely. All right, let's bring in our uh, nine o'clock uh, guest uh, from McEwen Griffin's men's hockey team, Zach Daly. Zach, welcome to Sports fourteen forty. You're with Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid. How's your uh, day going so far in Mackland? Good. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, having a good day. Uh, we just got off the ice. We had a kind of a power play run through. Um, mm-hmm. Then we head to Calgary. Uh, tonight to kick off our season. Exactly. So a Thursday night game to start things off uh, in Calgary against the Dinos. Uh, what have you seen so far in uh, the preseason, and uh, how does the team look so far going into uh, this season? Yeah, we've had um, some injuries early, um, so we played some games, preseason games a little bit short, but um, I like the the effort from my group this year. Um, I think I like the, uh, the care as well. We have a lot of uh, first-year guys who really want to be here, and um, care about proving themselves in this league. So um, we have a lot of young, hungry guys, which is great. And then we have a nice mix of older leaders who have been around and, and can kind of direct traffic. And so, yeah, we're really excited about the year. Um, looking forward to it. Zach Daly's uh, with, with us on Sports 1440. Zach, so um, how did recruiting go for you? What was the process like in the off season? And it starts so far in advance for teams right now. How did that go for you? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so this is my first year as a full-time head coach. So it was my first um, recruiting year. Um, I leaned heavily on you know past coaches who I have relationships with or who are here in this position. But um, overall, I think it went quite well. Um, talk with a lot of kids. Um, There's some interest. Um, and then the overall messaging was just I wanted people who want to be here. I didn't want to have to be chasing people that were kind of in, kind of out. So um, we found a lot of uh, guys who really want to be here and care about being a Griffin, and I think that's going to um, set the tone for the group, and I think it's going to help us out in the long run. Uh, what about your uh, returning players? Uh, can you touch on those? Yeah, so we have um, a, a good you know, half the team returning. I have five uh, guys graduating, so they've been around for quite a while. Um, so they're great leaders. Um, they, you know know what it takes to be a griffin they understand the workload um it's definitely hard for student athletes to balance um full-time classes as well as the commitment of hockey where we're on the ice six times a week and we're traveling for games a whole bunch um so it's very good that the young guys have those guys to lean on um but the the best thing is these older guys have experience and they've had success in the league and so i think just another year they're gonna have even more success coming up um, this is Laddie talking. Uh, what are your goals for this season? Where do you uh, see yourself? Yeah, so definitely a goal for us is to make playoffs. Um, last year we missed out by one point, so we we're uh, in the hunt till the end of the year. So I think that's definitely um, a goal is to make playoffs. And other than that, just be competitive. Um, we gave up, uh, I think, the most goals against in the league last year. So we've had a big focus on overall team defense. 
And so just making sure that we're more competitive in our D zone, uh, not turning over as many pucks. Um, and so, yeah, overall team defense and making the playoffs are probably two of our uh, goals that we're focusing on this year. Yeah, uh, playing defense is not <laughs> always the sexiest thing to do out there, right? But uh, uh, yeah, if if you if you can get players who are willing to do that, that those players are usually very underrated, but they're very valuable for the team. I you know, so I always took a lot of pride playing playing defense because I know not everybody does. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, another question for you: uh, Can you give us a little bit of uh, background on yourself? Yeah, so. Um I um, played in the Western Hockey League for Everett. Uh, I was there for five seasons. Um, and then I graduated and moved on to the University of Alberta. Um, I played there for five seasons as well. And then I started uh, coaching at McEwen, um, I think, seven seasons ago. So I was assistant coach for five years um, with Mike Ringrose, learned a whole bunch. Um, and then last year I was an interim head coach, and this year um, full-time head coach. So. That's just kind of a quick rundown of where I've been. Nice. And uh, you played with Derek Ryan at the U of A, right? I, I did, yeah. His last year was my first year. Mm -hmm. that, uh, what a fantastic human and so happy that he's having so much success. And I truly believe when he was in his fifth year, he was the best player in Canada in our league. So hmm. it's not a shock to me that he's doing so well. And Sean Ringrose was there too, correct? Yeah, Sean Ringrose is actually an assistant coach on yeah. the team as well with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was captain um, for us, and I played with him for four seasons. So what was it like, I guess, uh, with uh, with Derek Ryan there? I mean, as you said, he was older. You were a little bit younger coming in. But uh, did you kind of see, if, if you said he was the best player in Canada at that point, did you kind of see him moving on to Europe? And then, uh, man, what a what a career that he's carved out so, uh, so late kind of in his life in the NHL. But just a wonderful professional career. Oh, yeah. I think the word professional is exactly how I describe him at U of A. Um, he was an older guy, and he just did everything correctly all the time. Um, he was the hardest worker. He was early. He stayed out late. Um, his school, he was a very good student, put a lot of time and effort into that. Um, so, yeah, just professional is, is the word I would definitely use for him. Um, you know, coming from U Sport, it's it's not common that uh, people go on to play in the NHL. So I won't say that mm -hmm. I saw that coming, but definitely saw success in Europe. And uh, I'm not shocked he is where he is because of his professionalism, how hard he works, and just how good of a person he is. Sorry, I haven't heard of one bad thing about yeah. Derek Ryan. And, no, you know, I, I spoke a lot of uh, you know to a lot of people about him, and it's it's incredible, like the determination, uh, the will to make it it's you know i think it's a big inspiration for some guys who are going through uh, you know junior they don't know what what else and go to school next thing you know he's in the nhl mm -hmm. like that's not that's not the regular path to, to make it to the nhl and that takes a lot of like i said it's, well it's determination perseverance. yeah it's perseverance, perseverance. Yeah. It's, i hats off to him like that's that's really like i just look he's got 500 games yep. in the NHL he's gonna have more yeah. he's already at 37 years old but that's yeah. incredible like he he kind of uh, <laughs> I play with Derek Engeland Engeland in in, uh, in, uh, in Calgary yeah. and he was kind of a late bloomer and he never gave up great professional I think it's it it starts with being professional mm -hmm. taking yeah. care of yourself on and off the ice and you know I'm yeah I'm very happy for him Yeah, he uh, he always treated the young guys really well, um, super nice to us, helped us out when we needed it, um, kind of gave us a push when we needed it as well. 
Um, and then the one thing that I will say sticks out with me is his kind of quiet confidence. Um, I think that's something that helps him out. Uh, he knew he was a good player, but he worked and he was confident in his abilities. And so, yeah, I guess the perseverance is a very good way to describe it. For sure. Uh, Zach Daly, head coach of the McEwen Griffins hockey team, is our guest on Sports 4040. 1440, Kevin Carius, along with Ladislav Schmid. Uh, the Griffins uh, team gets underway tonight in Canada West play in Calgary. Then it's back home tomorrow for the home opener against the same uh, Calgary Dinos. Uh, at the downtown community arena for a seven o'clock start. Um, can you kind of touch on Zach, your your leadership core, uh, led by Captain Cole Gable, back again uh, as as captain of the Griffins? Yeah, our our leadership uh, core is great. Um, Cole does a really good job. Um, speaking of good people, and Derek Ryan, Cole's another one of those kids who's an unbelievable person. Um, everything his teammates say is he's easy to talk to. He helps them out with school. Um, he's a problem solver if they need to get into classes and stuff like that. So um, he's a great leader off the ice. And then on the ice, he just competes in battles. That's kind of what our program's about. We want to be a hardworking program who forces teams to beat us with hard work um, and earn it. And so he exemplifies that on the ice, blocks shots, finishes checks, um, and just leads by example. Um, and that's kind of the same for our assistant captains as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Joden Topper is a graduating player. Um, he's kind of our, our engine out there. Um, his energy and passion, um, he definitely leads by example. Not the most vocal person, but he's always going, he's always skating, always putting pressure on people, um, and guys look up to that. Um, and then we have Sean Comrie, uh, defenseman, um, and he you know, has, a, has experience. He played at University of Denver and then yeah. went back to the Western League after, um, and he's just a smart player. Um, he understands all our systems. He directs traffic on the ice. Um, anytime anyone uh, has questions about our systems, he's the one they go to, um, and he can answer it for them. Again, a little bit more quiet, but definitely has a ton of respect from, from his peers. Um, and then Mark Basemko is a transfer back from Colorado College, um, and he's a kind of our vocal leader. Um, he's not afraid to get on guys, uh, challenge them, push them, hold them accountable. Um, I think that's something that you need. Um, he does it in a respectful way, and guys definitely respect him, but he's definitely more of a vocal leader for us. Zach Daly from uh, McEwen Griffins Hockey is with us. Uh, touch on Sean Comrie just a little bit. Uh, came out of uh, Spruce Grove, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, so what was, again, he wasn't in uh, Denver that long, just to, just didn't work in NCAA for him. How did he get to uh, Kelowna? Yeah, um, yeah, I guess the experience just wasn't quite what he was looking for. Um, so he came back to Kelowna, and then uh, we were very fortunate to get him at McEwen. Um, he was a pretty high-profile uh, guy coming out of junior hockey, um, and his biggest thing is he just wanted to play and he wanted to make a difference. Hmm. And I think that was a, a, a big thing for him as he is creating a legacy here at McEwen as we're a new team in new sport. Um, there's a lot of firsts going on, and he's been a big part of a lot of those firsts. And so I think... Um, his uh, the biggest thing to him was just making a difference in a program, and that's something that he's done uh, big time for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you talk about the 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 core group. I I always believe that successful team, you know, uh, can you know you can build successful team around your core group and the the values. Um, but the for me, the compete level, being a good human being, that's that's like very very important and i'm, I'm glad uh i'm glad you you mentioned that all your re- leaders are willing to compete sacrifice and you know uh i i always 
I always found that those things are very contagious. And if if the rest of the team sees like your three, four, five core players, older players, you know, leaders are doing these things, then they would feel kind of embarrassed if they wouldn't mm-hmm. follow that lead, right? So Absolutely. Uh, if you have those guys, uh, cherish them, you know, because they, they can take you far and, you know, the, the rest of the team will follow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely fortunate to have those guys, and I have the exact same belief as you. Um, my recruiting process is I'm looking for good people, first off, mm-hmm. and then I'm looking for people who are competitive and want to compete, want to play hard. Um, you know, we're kind of playing catch-up at McEwen here um, as being new to the league, mm-hmm. and so if we try to go out and outskill teams, we're not going to have much success. So we have to build our foundation on hard work, competing, blocking shots, finishing checks, and just making other teams' lives uh, hard and so yeah that's what uh, we kind of look for in our recruiting process yeah Zach Daly's our guest from uh, McEwen's Griffins uh, hockey uh, that was kind of where I was going to go with this next how uh, what's it like to continue to build this program not just only in Canada West but kind of in the shadows of you know one of the top programs in the history of uh, U sports or and CIS and everything uh, in the Alberta Golden Bears how, how tough of a process is that to continue to try to get to that level yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I have a lot of respect for the people at U of A um, being through the program, graduating from there. Um, there's a lot of great people over there. But um, our focus here is is not U of A. It's what we're doing and what we can do to be successful. Um, we don't like to compare ourselves to them. Um, we know how successful they are, but what we're just focused on is what we're doing here. And I think it starts with the people that we bring in and having a real passion and um wanting to be a griffin wanting to be part of this is the first step uh and then kind of just building from there but um yeah recruiting is a little bit tougher um you have to kind of find your niche and find um you know players that fit what we're looking for not just the overall best player um but it's been a really really fun process um and i'm very fortunate that the players we have here are super passionate um they work hard they're willing to be coached they care um, and so it's been a really, really fun process, and I'm looking forward to taking another step this year. And we uh, appreciate your time uh, to this morning, Zach. Uh, you probably got to hop on a bus here in a couple hours and head down to Calgary. Good luck tonight against the Dinos, and then uh, uh, hope you uh, have a good game uh, in your home opener tomorrow against the Dinos at the downtown community arena. Thanks for guesting with us today. Thanks, Zach. Awesome. Good luck. Thanks so much for having us. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, you too. That's a Zach Daly, McEwen Griffins men's hockey coach. Um, tons of texts coming in. Uh, we're going to probably get to those at uh, about 940. Coming up after the break, uh, the Ryder Cup gets underway in Spain. Ever been to Spain, laddie? No, but we are planning some kind you of You kind of know the feeling? No, that's an old song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are planning a uh, summer vacation yeah. in Europe. So we were thinking Italy, Spain or something like that. So Well, uh, we will check in with Keith Stewart from Sports Illustrated Golf and Sporting News uh, right after the break to talk a little bit about uh, Ryder Cup and some maybe interesting wagering situations. Uh, that's coming up uh, with Karius and Schmid on Sports. You're going to put me to sleep, guys. <laughs> You, you're going to like this, laddie. I guarantee it. Yeah, <laughs> golf? No. no. <laughs> That's Sports 1440 right after the break. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the big program. 920 in the Capital Region. Um, Kevin Carius along with Ladislav Schmid, our Thursday morning co-host on Sports 1440. Uh, 
Pleased to welcome in our uh, guest uh, right now, Keith Stewart from Sports Illustrated Golf and Sporting News, and also Read the Line. Um, Keith, welcome to Sports 1440. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty fired up. We just saw the pairings for the first round of the Ryder Cup, and okay. uh, let's get into it. Yeah, for sure. Before we get into that, can you explain what the Read the Line is for our listeners? Just because it, just kind of going into the Ryder Cup, there's there's that kind of element that a lot of people may be not aware of. Kind of run us through what Read the Line is. Oh, sure. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, so Read the Line is a company that was founded by me. I'm a PGA professional by trade. Okay. So I am for 20 plus years. I was one of those people you think of at the golf club that taught lessons, ran tournaments and did all the things that a PGA professional does a couple of years ago in the States, uh, we made gambling legal and, uh, you, the States could figure out which, you know, which, which way they wanted to go on that. So I built the business in and around golf betting and I cover the PGA tour and the LPGA tour every week. And I, I travel to the different tournament sites and I, you know, I spend time looking at the players and then make predictions and people subscribe to read the line, um, at readtheline.com. And then, um, you know, we've had a very successful mm-hmm. year. I've had 12 wins this past year and, uh, 24 wins in the last two years. And, uh, um, I, I'm just excited to talk about golf and golf betting all the time. No, for sure. Um, so basically, the, as you mentioned, about a half an hour ago, they released the Friday foursomes uh, for Ryder Cup. Anything catch your eye in particular, Keith? Uh, three things. Uh, the first one is the Euros leading off with John Rahm, who's a very spirited individual, and Terrell Hatton, who's an ex- extremely vocal and spirited individual, um, really kind of sets the tone you know, for the way that Luke Donald's approaching this thing to put out those two very emotional team kind of voices in the locker room out first. Uh, The second thing is, is no Jordan Spieth and no JT. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very controversial captain's pick JT. They're going to sit out the first session and they are, you know, trying to become the United States most successful pairing ever in the Ryder Cup. And the third thing is, is uh, set your alarms. So uh, at about uh, 2 a.m., my time, which will be at about, what, 11 p.m. your time. Uh, match four features Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay against Roy McIlroy and Fleetwood Mac, which is uh, sounds a lot like yeah. Fleetwood Mac to me as mm-hmm. far as the team name. And uh, I'm pretty pumped for that one. So that, those are my three first thoughts. Okay. Um, we're with uh, Keith Stewart. SI Golf, Sporting News, read the line. Uh, uh, Laddie Schmid, uh, former NHL player, uh, is my co-host on Thursdays. He's got a question for you kind of in the overall realm of how individual golf goes towards team golf. Go ahead, Laddie. Yeah, hi, Keith. Uh, first of all, go Europe. I'm European, so <laughs> I, I'm sure they're going to kick, kick the North Americans, Americans' asses. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, for me, because I always played uh, team sports, how does it work when you bring a bunch of individuals with big egos to tournament like this and you expect them to work together? Like, I'm, you know, is it a fair question to ask? Well, I, I think it's an incredibly thoughtful question because it, it, it really is the crux of the matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we had two of golf's arguably most <laughs> prolific winners in Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. and for 20 years, they couldn't win once on European soil. The, the idea that those are two of the most individually Generation X 
style golfers that we have ever seen in our lifetimes. They just didn't make good pairings with them. And that's where we failed because, you know, 16 of the 28 matches, more than half the matches are team play. You have to partner with someone else in a very individual sport. Mm -hmm. So your question is really why the captain's picks become such a crucial part in all this. And hopefully we've learned from Team Europe and your brethren in that you need to pick people that they're comfortable playing with. You know, it's one thing to let yourself down alone on a golf course. But it's another thing to let your partner down, to let your country down, to let your team down. And you know what that feels like, but these guys don't week to week. And the idea that we could never find a partner for Tiger Woods, and now all of a sudden, you know, we have two guys like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas that love to play together, and Xander Shoffley and Patrick Kerr. That's a really, that's why we kicked your ass in Wisconsin. <laughs> nice. Right? Uh- and that's why we've won two of the last three is that because we've learned from you all. We, we have now put team pairings together of guys that actually like one another, and I think that's made the biggest difference. And it's, it's a huge paradigm shift in thinking, but that is the key to all of this and a very important question. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much because <laughs> I was wondering, like in team sports, Like you, you if, if you watch a little bit of soccer, like there's there's teams who have all this kind of money and they spend on like top notch players, right? But those guys have huge egos and like there's only eleven spots on the pitch and then you have twenty of them and then it's like it it's usually a huge mess. So I was wondering same thing. All these guys, they're pro golfers, they make millions of dollars, they're top so The question is like, so you're not looking for the best team possible. You're look, looking for a team with a good chemistry, right? I guess. Hey, I mean, you're a hockey guy. I'm, I'm using the 1980 miracle mentality. Here you I'm go. Okay. My inner Herb Brooks, right? Huh? I mean, great moments are born from great opportunity, right? Yes. This is, he wants the, I want the best team on the ice, right? And that's what these guys are trying to do. And the media can't get over themselves. The pundits, they just keep pushing out all of this nonsense. They're like, oh, this guy's better than this guy, and this guy's – it doesn't matter. You need guys that are going to gel. You've got 12 huge egos on the Europe side and on the and on the U.S. side. And if you didn't have an ego in golf, how could you make it that far? That's, that, that was, I, was just, I was just saying that. Like, yeah. you have to have ego. You have to be confident. Almost – like, I don't want to say – Well, maybe even cocky a little bit. You have to have some kind of swagger to be able to make it where, you know, where they're at. So, yeah. Well, thank you. And I have a one more question. And this is about, I just read an article about Kepka yeah. making a comment. If you want to be on the team, you just have to play better. Is he going to make any friends around the tour with this kind of comment? And just to clarify, that's just with the live thing. And so yeah, if you, yeah. can, you can talk on that, Keith, just kind yeah, uh, of kind of jump in on that with uh, what Kepka's saying with live and things like that. Well, what Kepka's referring to is really, it's even more macro than live. Mm-hmm. His mentality is such that he doesn't make excuses in his personal life and he's not making excuses in his competitive life. And that's why that guy has won more majors that he has PGA Tour events. And why we don't worry about a guy like Brooks Kepka getting up for a thing like the Ryder Cup. When it's time to roll, he knows that he's ready to perform. And he, he knows how to, you know, he has his own secret on how to give himself the type of internal and external pressures 
that some of these other guys, they probably feel the, you know, they feel some of that anxiety, and then they sit in their practice time, and they're like, ah, I don't know if I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want that, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way to get better is to really practice harder than you play. And I, I wish more golfers, they don't have to say it, but I wish more golfers shared his mentality and that they were more accountable at the end of the day. I mean, in golf, you lose more than you win. So it's tough to begin with. But I think a lot of times we come up with excuses in golf as to why we're not performing. Oh, I need to change my putter. Oh, it was my coach. It was my nutritionist, whatever. I mean, give me a break, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, low score counts. There's no pictures on the scorecard. And what it comes down to this week, the reason that I think the U.S. will win is basically threefold. It comes down to experience. I feel like they have four rookies, but they're rookies. We have four rookies, two of which played in a President's Cup. You know, they understand what it means to not let their country and their teammates down. And two of them won major championships this year. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is that it comes down to the fact that if they tie, they still give it to us, which is a whole other problem radio program. And the third thing is performance, right? We have the recency bias of performance back in Wisconsin. We won by 10 points. That's 10 matches. That's last year, though, right? Boat race. <laughs> two years. Two years ago. Oh, sorry. That's two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2023 wait, wait, is New Year. That's fine. This is good. Keep her going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. You're quoting. You're, you're calling me out on two years ago when your media is talking about 30 years of us not winning over there? Come on. Like, seriously, if we're not going to here to talk about the past, we're here to talk about the present. That's right. right? I, I have to live in present. <laughs> oh, I love this. This yeah, is great, I, Keith. I, I, Laddie was he was going to Europe and finally to have a European perspective. But I'm loving your North your uh, United States uh, perspective here. As we've got, uh, I love it, uh, Keith Stewart. I, for best. I, I mean, go ahead, Keith. Two years ago, two years ago, I was I was doing the same stuff, and I was writing for a bunch of different media outlets, and I was the only one saying the U.S. would win. Yeah. And the reason being is what Jordan Speed said in the interview room the other day. Hey, with all due respect to the past 30 years, most of us weren't alive 30 years ago. We don't have that baggage. We don't think about losing or whatever. We've won two of our last three cups. More guys on this team have won cups than lost cups. And that's that. that there's a lot to be said for that. Mm-hmm. They don't have to try to fit in with Tiger Woods anymore. They don't have to try to fit in with Phil. They don't have to try to live up to the expectations of playing with them as partners or teammates. You know, I mean... That was a that's a, that was a huge headwind for the U.S. for so long. Look back to the one. What was one of our most successful Ryder Cups? Two thousand and eight. Paul Azinger, Tiger Woods did not play. Right, he had a broken leg because he had won Torrey mm-hmm. Pines. Everybody remembers that U.S. Open. Right, think about that for a second. When you have the team and not just a couple of all stars, it makes a difference. I and agree with day, you. You know, I mean, I, I, hey, you want to go deep. Take a guy like Mark Messier, the captain, right? 1994, that team overcame your local team there to win the Stanley Cup because he made them a team. He stood up and he made them a team. That Zach Johnson and the leaders of this team, whether it be Jordan or JT or Brooks, share a mentality that they're all going to get along, they're all going to work together, and they're not going to say sorry to one another. They're going to, they're going to play to a common goal. And I think that's a huge mentality change from where we've been in the Ryder Cup. And I know the media just wants to push all these things. And, and, you know, I'm I'm a betting guy, right? So I love the fact that if you go back, imagine this, before there were names, 
on this Ryder Cup team back in July, the U.S. was favored at minus 170. So you had to lay 170, right? I mean, the odds were we were huge favorites. And the European team was like plus 180. Now you look at it, because of all the media this week and because it takes so many days of coverage to get to this point, the Europe team is now favored. How could that be? Because we've added names all of a sudden. Now we're going to say that the Europe, Europe team is the favorite. I mean, it's just crazy. And I love the fact that <laughs> I get extra money when I bet the U.S. this week. Oh, this is a great conversation between you and Laddie. I wish you could see his face here as we were uh, speaking with I'm Keith. Just, I'm just <laughs> glad that you caught up to the civilized betting world, guys. You know, in Europe, it's been four years. I'm glad you, you could catch up. Uh, Keith uh, Stewart. You know Sorry, Keith. Go ahead. It's the God's ears. I love betting. Yeah. So I, I wish it was there a long time ago. Uh, Keith Stewart, SI Golf and Sporting News. Uh, read the line. I just wanted to kind of uh, touch on the grandstand. We've seen the grandstands, you know, in, in Phoenix, at Waste Management. You've seen all that. Uh, but what do you make of uh, what they've built around the number one uh, tee here at uh, Marco Simone Golf? I think that um, everyone, I mean, it's late night for you all, but everyone mm-hmm. here over here in New York City, I think we all should set our alarms because – the first tee experience in a Ryder Cup, with all due respect to the President's Cup and Solheim Cup and anything else, is like anything else, unlike anything else in golf. And uh, to see that first tee shot tomorrow morning um, with Rahm and Hatton out there and the fervor of the crowd, I think it's great. I don't think we should do it every week. I think it's nice that we have it at these matches or we have it at uh, Waste Management. I think if we did it all the time, it would become a little routine. So uh, I, I just look forward to it tremendously, and I hope that anybody, if you don't wake up and see it or mm-hmm. you don't stay up and see it, then I hope that you just look for it on social media. I'm sure there'll be plenty of videos, but it is, it's electric. Um, I, I think as an athlete, um, you know, to skate out on the ice in front of 20,000 people screaming your name is probably like, you know, it's the ultimate drug. And these guys don't ever really get that. Mm-hmm. You know, golf is like tennis. It's a quiet sport. You know, when you perform, people keep quiet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think to have that opportunity is just tremendous for the game. And it gets people just connected in an emotional way that, um, you know, I wish Mm -hmm. it happened more. But once every two years, the buildup is tremendous. Keith, I think you and Laddie, you got something going on here. You got a (laughs) friendship that's just kind of fostering. Do you, you, Laddie, you got a little side bet maybe? He might get me into golf or (laughs) how passionately he talks about the sport. I'm not a huge golfer, but yeah. Well, the golf made me some money. Like we always had uh, pools, 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 uh, especially around the Masters. And it did make me, I didn't know much about golf, but you know, when I play for the Oilers, that made me quite a bit of money. Well, there so. you go. Well, Matt, now you've got, into it. you've got like a student here, uh, <laughs> Keith. You've got a guy that you can just, oh, he's a sponge. He'll soak up all this knowledge from, from read the line with you. Well, Laddie, your, your producer knows how to get in touch with me. And I'm glad you brought up the, the Masters because, believe it or not, the Ryder Cup is the second most popular golf betting event right behind the masters, masters which is really something to to say because it happens during american football season on a weekend and there will be so much action on the Ryder cup this weekend even with it six hours ahead on the east coast of being over in italy um people are loving betting on golf mm-hmm. and i tell you it, you know the more people we can introduce to doing that the more people that will love it like a top golf experience or something like that betting on golf is like unlike any other professional sport and, you know, it, it's not just because golfers already bet. 
and it's a part of the fabric of the game. But when you think about it, it offers the four, what I call the four-day lottery, right? It's the longest mm-hmm. odds in the shortest pay window. You take a tournament, a normal tournament, and you bet somebody at 25 or 30 to 1, and then you win 30 to 1 four days later. If you want to do that in the NHL and predict the Stanley Cup winner, maybe you get 8 to 1 on one of the favorites, and then you have to wait like a year and a half before the NHL season's over to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, golf will pay in four days and you get better odds. It offers more props than any other sport. And, you know, we all love live betting, right? So if a hockey game is three hours, the Ryder Cup is three days of live betting. And it starts now because we have these foursomes listed. I can't wait to get into it and break it down. For all my readers that read the line, it's going to be so much fun. Well, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on, Keith. Enjoy uh, the golf. It's going to be interesting to watch. And you know that Laddie will be uh, watching. I'll be, watch- I'll be watching. Yes. I'll, I'll, you, I'll you've be, converted him. You've converted him. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. <laughs> Guys, uh, next year, major season. Call me back, and we'll we'll talk uh, we'll talk Masters players, U.S. whatever you guys want. You betcha. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks so much. Tra- yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate your time. Thank That's you. Keith Stewart, uh, Sports Illustrated Golf Sporting News, and read the line. Uh, yes, the uh, Friday foursomes, which is again they sort of confuse it. It's alternate shot is what the Friday foursomes are. So it's alternate shot. So even more, laddie. Like mm-hmm. so, you're, you're alternate shot with your partner. Yeah. So you're depending on him even more. That's you know. So it's very important to build, like, build a good chemistry. Yes. And you trust each other and like, you're not going to be like hard yes. on each other, right? Exactly. Like, like we talk about the sandbagger between Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonnette. There you go. If you, somebody watching the spinning chiclet sandbaggers. Yeah. Ryan Whitney is very hard on Paul Bisnet. <laughs> so I don't be. know. I don't, I don't think they would be a good, good pair at the Ryder Cup. But uh, I wasn't sure about this segment, but... I'm I'm very I'm no, very we, we converted you, didn't we? I think so. And given the fact that my wife is North American and I'm European, I'm gonna there's gonna be there's, there's, I'm already have some bets in my head when I get home to get her going in this. Get mm-hmm. get yeah. It's this should be very very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we're uh, we got a whole bunch to talk about with Laddie, including his uh, uh, hockey team that he coaches. Some. Uh, the hammer is uh, uh, giving you the gears again. He just sent a text in. And I think something happened in your game last week. So, oh my! So oh, we'll talk about. Is it the shinny hockey? I think it oh is. Yeah, I think it's the same guy that greased you last week. So we'll talk about uh, oh that with uh, Ladislav Schmid when we come back uh, to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program nine forty four in the capital region. I think we converted Ladislav Schmid to a big fan of the Ryder <laughs> Cup, uh, did we, Laddie? Getting there, Getting but yes, there. I'm. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes, no, uh, my, my my head is spinning. My 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 brain is working hard. Now. <laughs> a lot of texts coming in. Uh, Framer uh, Johnny, wow, that was fun. Good thing Keith wasn't in the studio, or there might have been some fur flying. Uh, yes, uh, I'm the- really trying my best to not swear yeah. on the microphone. <laughs> that was hard because somebody's chirping in any sports Europe. Oh, I'm a big European guy. Yeah. I'm very proud of where I'm coming from. Uh, thanks to Paul in Calgary for uh, correcting me, us, all of us, uh, probably me, uh, Ryder Cup in Italy, not Spain. I think we were talking about going on trips too. We sort of got crossed up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But thanks, uh, Paul, for that. Uh, yes, uh, just uh, in Rome. So pretty cool to have the uh, oh. Ryder Cup there. Uh, so you're, you got hockey today coming up again, 1130 in Nisku. Uh, I yes, I'm. I'm uh, 
Okay. You mentioned some some. This is messages. the hammer. This is uh, the hammer. He came at you last week. Uh, the hammer says Stone Hands Schmied <laughs> could not, could not finish last week. Well, I wasn't trying to, but I I. So we have a chat going on, and a lot of guys are out this week, and I wonder if it's because of me. I I promised them I wouldn't try as hard this week, mm-hmm. but if I'm gonna try try any any less, I might fall asleep on the ice. So <laughs> I I don't know I don't know, but I I wonder who who the guy is. Well, like, he I, should I, come to you t- at the game today. Yes, and please introduce please, yourself. Yeah, introduce yourself to me because hammer like I could be anybody. Yeah. But stone hands, wow, <laughs> silky soft, <laughs> <laughs> silky soft. So also coaching. So I ran into my buddy uh, Trevor Stewart uh, on Tuesday, and you coach his son on the under fifteen team. Yeah. And Trevor's told me the story because his son's a goalie. Yeah. So tell that story. What happened at practice? So I was supposed to. Uh, so we were practicing on a on a power play breakout, and I was. Uh, I was mid-ice on the red line and I was supposed to dump the puck at the goalie and he was supposed to play it and yeah. start the breakout. So I wired a clapper from the middle of the ice and Stewie, his son, is, you know, smaller, yeah. smaller kid. Yeah, the, the shot t- really took off and <laughs> it hit him, I think, blocker or like shoulder and went barred down. And it's like, everybody's like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I felt bad, but he, he comes to me after practice like, Laddie, that was the hardest shot I've ever faced. I'm like, sorry, Stewie, I, I didn't mean to do it, but yeah. I guess all those days of working out, you know, oh, it's yeah. finally paying off. Yeah. Well, you had the, you had the cannon from the yeah, back end. Yeah. I've never scored many goals with that, but yeah. I couldn't get it through, but well, for sure broke some shin pads. That's yeah, for sure. For sure. You like in coaching? Yeah, the younger guys. I mean, obviously with the oil kings and things yeah, like that. Yeah, little yeah, different. They're fun. They're fun. Uh, it's just uh, I I accepted all of them on my Instagram, and my Instagram is just always busy now. Mm-hmm. They posting pictures, videos. It is fun, but it's getting a little overwhelming. But on the ice, uh, they probably think I'm a bit of a nutcase because I want them to uh, practice certain way. Yeah, like especially like compete level and intensity and you have to remind them a lot you know but i i firmly believe you play like you practice Mm -hmm. and you know at that age i was probably the same you know i just chose my reps and like i would wouldn't go as hard all the time so i'm raising my voice once in a while and it's a firm dad voice coach voice um you know but maybe they're not used to it as much but you know I, I, I won't change I I want to push them a little bit and make them better players uh, Carman says to Laddie uh, do not get into golf too much because you'll never stop playing do you, would you ever do you think if you ever really started to play golf not seriously but okay start out recreationally then you start playing would it would you get addicted to it as, in the sense that you wanted to play three four times a week well I don't have time and yeah, yeah that is my worry a little bit because okay. If I would get, I, I hate playing stuff that I'm not good at. Yeah. So if I want to get Practice. good at it, I would have to hire a coach, yeah. and I would do that. Then it would like eat into my time, my with my family. My wife would probably wouldn't be very happy about mm-hmm. that. But yes, also I am very passionate when I when it comes to sports, and I already broke few of my golf clubs. Yeah. 
Um, so this was at the treatment center, right? Like yeah. my rehab. We would go play a go- uh, baseball game, soft, slow pitch. Yeah. One of the one of the counselors, he had to stop the game because I was really getting into it. He's like, Laddie, just remember, this is not an NHL game. This is just a slow pitch. Everybody's here to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I was mother effing everybody's <laughs> like, I can't go. And you know, I, the, I would. I was the engine, engine yeah. of the of, of the game, but yes, then I I had to calm down, and I'm this is this would be me playing golf on the course, but yeah, on the course, and I, I you can have crazy European guy running around and breaking <laughs> golf clubs, at, at uh, the, but you you've gone in charity tournaments and things like that, correct? yeah, yeah, I, I've I've done that, but honestly, like with my health, with my neck issues and my lower back issues, I I get very stiff too, like mm-hmm. with the swing, so that's another reason I. Yeah can't really get into it as much besides uh, the craziness yes uh do you here's this and from imitation tom i better read it first uh <laughs> haha, i think you're breaking clubs during a golf game there might be some uh issues on the course you need to talk about but yeah that's just kind of again what would everyone we, yeah. we we all have issues on, on the yeah. golf course there's a there's a new uh um uh, beverage out there that's called a three putt pilsner so when oh. guys uh, have a three putt on the green, <laughs> they they end up throwing their club or throwing their putter, and then they've got a. Uh, that's over at the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Oh. I've had I've had to have a few of those because oh. of many three putts, four putts, five putts. <laughs> do um, you do it on purpose though? No, not to have that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, because the game is so bad. Um, but uh, you mentioned this this hammer guy. He's coming at you here again. Stone hands. Schmid couldn't finish last week, and then he now he's backed off here. Um, so 11.30 is the game? Or today? Well, uh, it should be 11.30, but some of the guys roll in. Roll in like a little late. 11.45. And Belzy plays in this one too, Sean Bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was actually offended by my comments he last week. Eh? So I apologize to him. He he moved slightly more last week. He challenged me actually. on a, He was back-checking me across the entire... Which is not like, common for Not Belzy. common for him, but yes, he, he did. And yeah. he... I'm I'm happy I made those comments last week that he's barely moving because yes. it got him going to the next level and he was playing I, I in my opinion he was way better last last week so I'm expecting even you gave him a little kick in the ass yes you know and, and that's what I do you know I'm yeah. trying to make uh, people around me better <laughs> well you got to coach the kids and then you got to coach the other guys too yeah I, I guess yeah it's uh, yeah always a pleasure to hop on ice with Belzy. <laughs> Uh, Sean Bell, yeah, one of the all classic uh, kind of guys. So, uh, what's going on in the weekend for you? What else? You must have coaching with the kids as well as uh, Actually, games no, and schedule or what? Quiet weekend, except well, Friday. I'm going to the Oil Kings game with my okay. son again. Uh, yeah. I went uh, last weekend. They're playing Lethbridge mm-hmm. this weekend, so a um, little bit of scouting and you know uh, looking at uh, some players. Right. What's yeah. your kind of role there now, like as far as because last year you were a lot more hands on, I guess. Yeah. Safe to yeah. say. Yeah, this year is more, uh, I guess, skill development coach with uh, young defensemen. Mm-hmm. So, which we have a lot, a lot of them. But uh, uh, like I mentioned before, I don't know if I mentioned it here, but we have a promising young decor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try to help them to get to the next level mm-hmm. you know you, you do a little bit of video you do a little bit of skill work on the ice and uh, you know put them in a game like situation during the practices and 
You know, uh, so yesterday I went down to, to Rogers to, I didn't get in down in time to talk to the main group that was playing that night. So it was the other guys that weren't playing down at downtown uh, community arena. But I would say there's probably 15 oil Kings there at 1130. All they're doing there. They have the medicine balls out. Mm-hmm. They're in that, in the gym there, you know, the great, yeah. you know where it is, obviously. Um, these guys are like, I mean, I can't can't believe how much that they put into it on a daily basis uh it's amazing that just the, the fact that they're 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 so into it at this time um at the, of the year 11 in the morning and a non-game day you know things like that i mean that's where we are i guess with hockey and junior i you have to yeah. you know uh there's no shortcuts there's no cheating no. you know i, I talked to them what is their goal what is the next step most of them they tell you, I want to make a pro or I want to go to school. So it starts with that, with mm-hmm. hard work. There's yeah. no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. No. There are none. And uh, again, that that's where these these guys, and even before they get to WHL or, you know, AJHL, and yeah. even talking, you know, when we're talking to Zach Daly with McEwen, I mean, yeah. these guys again, yeah. and they're still doing with school and they're working out, they're, they're doing everything every day. So it's amazing. Yeah, the, the kids like again when you were younger it wasn't like that as much and no and when no. I was younger it definitely wasn't for sure no it's uh, you know the 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 game of hockey is uh, changing evolving every year it's yeah. faster harder to be in you know more players come you know into junior and pro hockey every year so you know you you have to do whatever you you can to well uh thanks for coming in again it's just been great again and you know the old saying sometimes you're you're the hammer sometimes you're the nail what's the hammer today gonna is, oh he's he, gonna be a nail he's gonna be the nail oh he knows it already <laughs> so this, his insecurity is coming up for sure he's, it is. he's firing shots at me so. same with belzy too Oh. I, I want to be careful with Belzy. <laughs> I, I don't want to hurt his feelings. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's going to do well today. Big teddy bear, isn't <laughs> big he? Big teddy bear, yeah. yes. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, laddie. We'll, uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Enjoy uh, the Oil Kings game. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks. And uh, thanks you're good. coming over. Uh, we got a, we got a you, little... Yeah, you, you, you promised me some beets some and beets some carrots. Some beets and carrots. Uh, you, we'll we'll get you it. that uh, for sure so you can make some borscht for sure. Uh, top of the hour, we will check in with uh, Pete Doherty uh, from the Green Bay Gazette Thursday Night Football Packers Detroit. Lions and the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, That's coming up at the top of the hour. Before that, a sports update with the Duke.